Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. We are back. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Uh, my name is Kirk Reed. I am joined this morning by business partner Justin McNamara. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, Kirk. I'm happy to have you here. I you you were dodging me yesterday. I was like, oh my gosh, Justin's not going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> I was out. I, we went out last night in Boston. We we made we made the trip. Uh, we we saw a live recording of a podcast, Kirk. So we were. I wasn't dodging you. You know, it was just, just a, a live busy. recording of a podcast. That sounds. Yeah. Wow. You yeah. know what? Yeah. It wasn't actually. Uh, you know, it, it was kind of like a, how it sounds. It was fine, but you know, it's um, it's sort of like a live recording of McNamara Financial, except except maybe a little bit funnier. <laughs> Wait, which one's better? Which one's funnier? The other thing? Oh man, okay. All right. I think the other one was probably funnier. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, we're very. I won't plug them though. We're I'm all going to plug them. We're all we're all business here. So, yeah. um, uh, so besides Justin and myself, uh, we have Steve and Sherry in the studio. Good morning again. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you again for being here. Uh, Steve and Sherry are, are real live clients of McNamara Financial, and uh, they've been so kind as to come on and you know talk about their situation. Um, they uh, they came on the radio about six or seven years ago uh, as uh, non clients, and uh, you know share their information, and um, you know they've become clients over the years, and we just thought it'd be kind of cool to sort of catch up and, and and see how things have gone and how things have changed over the years, and and where we are now. Um, I thought, so, um, I thought we could kind of chat about, you know, investments for, for a little bit here. Um, you know, so I was looking back to see, you know, what we had assumed, you know, for rates of return, you know, when we first met, you know, back in 2015. And so what we had, you know, we had, you know, we had a conversation about, you know, what's, you know, about risk tolerance, right? You know, so when we meet somebody, we try to, you know, gauge, you know, well, okay, so what's their, you know, what's their ability to, you know, sort of watch their money go up and also go down, right? Um, because if, if you do, if, you know, if you do choose to invest in, you know, in stocks, they, they don't go up in a straight line. Um, you know, they, you know, over time, 
they, they you know, the stock market as a whole, you know, tends tends to go up. Uh, but it, but it's not, it's not, uh, it's not every month. It's not every year. Um, you know, it can it can bounce around a little bit. And you know, so we want to make sure that you know, well, we want to see what you know what somebody's sort of stomach is for for managing that and dealing with that. And so you know, based on the you know the conversations that we had back then, um, you know, and also you know, we also have to factor in you know your you know your age, i.e., you know how far away are you from you know from retirement and, and taking money that you know that certainly is a factor, um, a pretty significant factor in, in our opinion. Um, so at that time, you know, we had agreed upon what we call a balanced strategy, uh, and what that means uh, to us um, is that you've got roughly you know sixty percent of your money is in stock investments. Uh, you know, that's a pretty broad category, but stocks, and then you know forty percent is in bonds. And, you know, so then, you know, our job is then to, you know, based on that mixture to, you know, to make a, a guess about what we think that can earn going forward. And, you know, the biggest thing we have to, to look at is, is history, right? You know, we can look back at history and see, you know, see what stocks have done, see what bonds have done, and then do some math. You know, if you've got, well, 60% in, in you know, Stocks, forty percent bonds. You know, what, if you put that together, what does that what does that add, add up to? Um, and you know, our, our sort of get, you know, our target or uh, based on history is that you know a, a balanced portfolio should hopefully earn somewhere between five and seven percent per year, uh, and that's obviously average, right? Some years will be more, some years will be less. You, you can even have negative years, which is you know you got to be okay with that uh, in order in order to get into something like that. Um, so the in depending on you know who we talk to and also depending on the time <laughs> Uh, we sometimes use different numbers. So, but for, for you folks, uh, we used we used the midpoint of the range, and we were we were using a six percent you know rate of return as a as a guess uh, for how your money was going to grow uh, you know into the future. And I don't know, Justin, am I am I allowed to talk about real live returns on the radio? Yeah. All right. <laughs> sure. Oh, you, uh, mean, you mean their own personal real live returns? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, I'm going to take that as a yes, yes. <laughs> Am I the closest thing to a compliance officer that we have here? I guess so, yeah. You are, yeah. Tim walked away, so he, yeah, he didn't, he's not here. Um, all right, so... So we've had, you know, so we've had your money now since May of 2017. Okay. All right. That's when we first started working together professionally, you know, as far as the money goes. Sure. Uh, although we had, you know, spoken previously. Um, so from May of 17 through yesterday... February fourth, twenty twenty two, on all on all the money that is you know you either started with or has come in the door, et cetera, uh, you've earned eight point four three percent per year. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Um, we should. Well, I will step in now that we're going to say that and just yep. just disclaim, right? Yep. You know, we have to say the past performance is not indicative of future results, and this is this is only <laughs> yes. their rate of return, and it's it's for their portfolio, and it's not a you know it's not a suggestion that we can do eight and a half percent. Per year, you know, in a, in a balanced portfolio all the time, um, and, I, and I know we're going to talk about rates of return, you know, what they, kind of what they've been, and what we're anticipating going forward. But yeah, I mean, that's just a, you know, just disclaimer. It's not um, not necessarily going to be that way going forward, and uh, we're not we're not suggesting it to anyone out there that we can do that all the time every year. That's that's why I have you here, Justin. All right, sorry. No, yep. that's, okay. that's why you're here. Um, <laughs> And so, but you, you know, throw, I throw cold water on on the old man all the time too. No, that's good. That's <laughs> Part of my good. job. I know he always, whenever he, I, yeah, he always calls me the straight man. But today you're the straight man. Yeah. Um. Yep. All right. So, but you know, to to just to you know be fair, year to date, you guys are down two point eight percent. Right. So you are negative year to date. So you know, just to you know, is that good, Justin? Like I caught, covered all my bases. Yeah, um, I'd say so. Yeah. So so year to date, yeah. You know, unfortunately, your portfolio is negative two point eight two percent. But Kirk, you always say to me when I get anxious, <laughs> Steve. Yeah, we're in this for the long haul. That's right. So that's right, and that's truly what you pay us for. <laughs> yep, and you calm me right down. Yep. So that yeah, so that eight point four percent includes the negative two point eight two. All right. So that's that's in there. Right. So it happens. You know, you're gonna be, you're gonna go up. You're gonna go down. So anyway, the so your your actual returns have been better than what we projected. All right, so that's that doesn't always happen. Um, 
and but that you know it is what it is, right? So that that's that's terrific. Um, so maybe so. So may, this is maybe where I will ask Justin to kind of chime in. So ju- you know, Justin um, has a, has a, is more you know into the details of the of the investments than I am. Um, you know, he does a little bit more of the of the research and the in the reading, um, and so maybe he could maybe now he could step in and talk about sort of you know, what his thoughts are about, about going forward. Um, you know, if, if perhaps, you know, we should, you know, change our expectations, uh, or modify them and, or even, 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 you know, to more level of detail, you know, should we, you know, what have, what have we been doing internally as far as adjusting, uh, the investments to, you know, sort of navigate, you know, the, the financial world, you know, you know, we're going to, you know, uh, you know, we talked about inflation, uh, one of the other things that's out there is interest rate changes and and maybe Justin you could talk about you know how that affects you know bond returns um, you know so if if Steve and Sherry have got forty percent of their money in bonds well you know what, what are we doing to to hopefully help those bonds you know provide a you know reasonable rate of return even if interest rates go up sure yeah I mean I, I think anytime we're doing planning for folks again we're we we do. Um, we're, we are, as I mentioned with inflation, we're, ma- we're using very, very long-term planning assumptions. And so ideally what we have is, you know, uh, assumptions that don't need to be changed all the time, right? So when you, when you did your planning back in uh, 2015, we, you know, that was our sort of our guess. Of, well, well, hey, we think, you know, that the balanced portfolio will be in the 5 to 7% rate of return range. And so we're going to use the midpoint of a 6% rate of return, right? And so, and, and, you know, we thought that was probably our best guess and our, our, you know, our uneducated guess based on where we were back in 2015. As the market, you know, as the market changes and as things change in the market, you know, not, not year to year, but over, you know, over multiple periods of years, you, you really do need to adjust your assumptions again, or at least you need to revisit your assumptions, right? You know, that you should always be looking at, okay, hey, what does the world look like? What do we think the next, what's, what do we think is going to play out over the next 10, 15, 20 years? And then adjust your assumptions accordingly. Um, you know, we use, just to, just to circle back, we used a 3% planning um, inflation assumption when we're doing our plan uh, that doesn't mean we'll use that forever right i mean if if we uh, if we enter a new world where we we think inflation is likely to be higher on an ongoing basis right we we tend to think it's probably more transitory uh, and we think probably you know more than likely the fed will um, will take steps and, and at least hopefully keep it under control somewhat um, if we decide that's not the case, right? We, you know, nothing prevents us from in two years saying, "Hey, you know what? It looks like the labor market's going to be tight, and and uh, you know, the global economy is is going to be roaring, and so we think inflation probably is going to be higher for the next, you know, even if it even if it reverts at some point in the future. If you know, if inflation is higher than average for a ten year period, that's something that you need to uh, incorporate because you know, in, in the case of most retirement plans, especially when we're doing a pre retirement. You're, you know, the, it's not like we're planning for a hundred-year um, uh, lifespan here. It's, you know, generally speaking, you're talking about 20, 30, 40 years when you're doing a real detailed plan. And so, we we always adjust our assumptions. And one of the things that we have done is, you know, for the most part, dropped our our rate of return assumptions. Just you know, as as interest rates have dropped, um, most most people are who are in a uh, are in a retirement portfolio generally have some bond exposure as Kirk mentioned. And so if you take a look at that, that whole piece of, um, of your portfolio, if, if, you know, if if back in the nineties, you could get 5% in your bonds and that was part of your balanced return. Well, now if that number is 2%, well, then you're, you're looking at more than likely a lower return because you're, you're going to have a lower rate of return on your bond piece. And so we have a, you know, we've sort of periodically, we've adjusted our assumptions down, I think. And I think it's just, I think it was probably the right thing to do, and you know, and so I, I'll, I'll stop there, Kirk. What what did we use for assumptions this time around? Yeah. Let's do the let's do the comparison. Yeah. So uh, so the the last time we ran, a, you know, we updated your plan. I actually reduced our expectations for returns to a five percent annual rate of return. You know, looking forward, uh, because uh, you know, as Justin mentioned, you know, we're concerned that you know perhaps bond returns might be a little bit lower uh, than they have been in the past. You know, as interest rates start to go up, um, we still, you know, we're still 
we're comfortable, you know, using a five, and, and we, we we feel that that's conservative. You know, we feel that that's achievable. Uh, you know, hopefully you can still earn more, but but we don't know that, and and we just feel more comfortable, you know, reducing that number a little bit, um, just to just to you know, just to be safer, um, if that makes sense. So, so I am using a five now. Uh, we used a six in the past. Um, and, and as we just talked about, you, you know, you did better than that. And, and certainly, you know, our, 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 our ever hope for you is that you continue to do better than that. But, but when we, but when we run a projection, we want to try to be conservative about that. Uh, I should, so, and I'll, I'll follow on. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, it's again, not just bonds, right? I mean, the, the, the bond piece of it is actually relatively easy to look at, right? I mean, if you just take a, you know, anyone can, you know, take a look at what the, um, what the 10 year treasury, right? So that's sort of the proxy for, for what interest rates are in the bond market. You could take a look at what the 10 year treasury is, uh, right now and what it was in the past. And you could say, oh, all right, well, you know, you're, you're probably likely not going to make as much money in bonds right now. Cause you're, it's, you know, it's whatever it's 2% now versus 5%, 10, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, that's relatively easy. I mean, the other piece of it is also stocks, right? And, and when you get periods where, you know, stock market rates of return are above average, right? I'm not, I don't think I'm speaking out of line when I say, um, you know, Stephen Cherry's return since they showed up here is not is not all due to the brilliance of, of McNamara Financial and me personally, right? We, you know, they, they are on the backs here of, of, of what's been a good stock market up, but really up until, you know, the beginning of 2022. Yes, we had 2020 and we had COVID and it was a, you know, a pretty substantial dip, but it, but it came back um, very quickly. And so we're on the, on the heels of a pretty long bear market and just the reality of this, you know, all else being equal, if you're starting from a higher price point, uh, your, your future returns are likely to be lower, right? And again, you know, we're not necessarily saying that they're going to be like this for the next 30 or 40 years. But in the case of, you know, people, you know, clients like Stephen Sherry, what, what happens in the next, you know, five, 10 years is going to be, uh, you know, a substantial part of their retirement and, and also the most important part of their retirement with regards to, you know, rates of return. And so, you know, we just need to make sure that we have those assumptions um, as as correct as we can. And uh, generally, we err on the side of being conservative anyway. And I think we're now we're even more conservative just because where we are, you know, both our, our, our expectations for both stock and bond returns over the next, say, five, 10 years are, are lower than historical averages. And we think a, a drop in your uh, your expected returns from a planning perspective is uh, is warranted as a result. Sorry, my rambling, my rambling on. No, um, <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, when we make these adjustments and we make these, you know, what we think are conservative adjustments, you know, yeah. the whole point is to factor them into your plan to, to, to make sure that it still works. And, and so that you know that. And so that if, you know, if we if we agree that returns are going to be lower and if that if that maybe makes your long term plan not look as good, well, then maybe, you know, maybe you, you know, should or, or, or need to make an adjustment as far as, you know, spending less. And obviously that, you know, that's up to you then to decide whether or not you want to do that. Um, but but at least we can show you what we think you need to do in order to stay on track. Right. Um, you know, all, all these things are going to change. Inflation is going to change. Returns are going to change. Um, you know, your health is going to change, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, we're, you know, we're going to be, you know, hopefully we're going to be together for a long, long time. And, you know, we're going to keep doing this and we're going to keep changing this. Right. And uh, I hope I hope we do a radio show, you know, 10 years from now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and it'll, it'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see. So, oh, so. On your, on your deathbed, Kirk's going to be like, it worked. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh, geez. Like yeah. you said at the last meeting, when we started to draw on the portfolio, um, you know, you said, this, this, you know, this, this is the amount we're going to draw on it. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it works. If we got to make adjustments, you know, we'll make adjustments. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a work in progress. Yes, or, it, it, it always is. It always yeah. will be. Yes. Justin. Just to jump in, Kirk, are we are we going to do? We're, we're doing Monte Carlo toward the end of this, uh, or the, are we? That is that on your the, agenda? That, that is my hope. Uh, although I'm going to need okay. I'm going to need the uh, the full extent of the next break to uh, to make all that happen. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. So I mean, just to be clear, when when we are. Um, 
we probably talked about this a bunch on the show, but when we are making projections, right? So our thought, you know, we, we, we just throw out numbers. Like, you know, in 2015, we used a 6% rate of return for a balanced portfolio. And then, you know, in 2022, we're using a 5% rate of return, right? So, so we will vary that. As you mentioned that, you know, the stock market is not like buying a CD. Um, and so we, we do make assumptions. We, we do make a kind of a baseline set of assumptions and then we, ask our Monte Carlo program to, you know, kind of randomize it around that baseline, right? So when, you know, when, when we, we'll, we'll pick a 5% average, but then with the, at the end we'll run, you know, we'll kind of run a, a random sample that's, will give you a bunch of numbers around that 5%. And so we, you know, it's not just for, Hey, we're going to use a 5% rate of return. It's, it's five will be kind of what we think is our average. And then we'll run a bunch of scenarios in and around that five and see how that works. So I just want to be clear on, on that. I didn't, I don't think we were, I don't think I was personally clear enough on that, that it's not, we're not just saying, Hey, they're going to get 5% every year. And then we run our plan based on that. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, we didn't get to that, that next level of detail. Um, and we will, I think we'll, yeah, we'll try to get to that in the last, uh, the last segment. Um, to kind of wrap up this, this segment though, I, you know, in staying with sort of investments, um, there was another thing that Steve and I were talking about. And so besides, you know, besides the retirement plans, you know, Steve and Sherry had their 401ks and we, you know, we talked about, you know, what we were using for rates of return and, you know, a balanced portfolio. Steve also had, um, like a separate investment that he, that he had, like, he had like a, you know, a little stock, a little stock account, uh, that he was, you know, um, and, you know, back in 2015 or, or 2017, uh, when we plugged it in, uh, you remember how much that was worth, Steve? Yep. So is, uh, it was the company that I was working for. Okay. Um, I think I had about $20,000 in Cor- stock. Yep. That, that's around, what I had. Yep. yep. It was around there. Um, and we had the discussion about don't put all your eggs in one basket that yeah. sometimes when you just have a stock like that, you never know. Because at that point there was talk of um, the company being acquired, the stock price was going up and then, you know, things look great. And I'm saying, wow, this could never, um, this is, this is going to be great. You know, I should be dumping more money into this. And you said, you know, be cautious because I can be kind of aggressive and like that there. You said, you know, be cautious and, um, yeah, you were right. Well, well. So before we before we get before we get to that, uh, so do you remember what we assumed for a rate of return on that on that uh, stock? I don't. Okay, so I so we I had I had plugged in a seven and a half percent rate of return uh, because that's kind of you know kind of in line with uh, you know stocks in general um, and and maybe even on the low end of, of a stock return. Uh, so we're using seven and a half percent, and so. I mean, I, I didn't do the math, but you know, if it was twenty thousand dollars, you know, you know, four or five years ago, if we did seven and a half percent, you know, it'd be I don't know, it'd be worth you know thirty whatever thousand dollars today. So, tell me what it's worth today, Steve. Three hundred and twenty-one dollars. Okay, so this is a this is a great example um, of of you know why you want to diversify, right? Yep. Um, so, yes. You know, you you could have been a bazillionaire. Uh, that that is one that is one story that could have happened. Uh, but in this case, that's you know it didn't happen. Um, and not to say that it couldn't turn around and you could still be a bazillionaire. But but it's not looking so good. No. Um, I've never I've never touched it. I've just left it there and yep. just hoping. Right. So you know, so that one you know. Yeah, that's just, okay, we got two minutes, Justin. Um, So that's just, you know, a good example of, you know, that does happen, right? Um, You know, you know, a company, either maybe you work for them or not, but, um, you know, sometimes, yeah, you get an employer, you know, stock in your 401k, either because you want to, or they give it to you or whatever it is. And a lot of people, you know, sometimes people feel good about that. You know, I work for the company. I know the company. I know that they're a good company and that they're always going to be here. They're going to do a good job. And sometimes it it just doesn't pan out. Um, And so, you know, we always tell people, you know, if you want to hold company stock, you know, in your 401k, that's fine. Um, You know, our sort of generic recommendation is, you know, maybe it shouldn't be any more than like five to 10%, you know, of the overall portfolio. Uh, That way, if, you know, if you do get burned, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't ruin everything. It just, you know, it's, it doesn't hurt quite as much. Um, yeah, from, from a planning perspective too, I mean, we, so it, it makes it difficult on our end because in, in reality, um, a single stock is a lot more volatile than the market. Uh, but, you know, in our case, we're, you know, we're sitting in and we're saying, well, hey, we need to, we need to uh, make an assumption 
on what the return is and you know the stock market rate of return if, if our guess is it's going to be seven percent over your planning horizon uh you know we generally will put in a seven percent rate of return for your stock but the reality is you, you get a lot more variability in a single stock i mean you're you're just just to be clear steve's uh i think is uh is probably an outlier as far as um <laughs> the rate of return i mean not most stocks are are are, are are you know not quite that good not quite that bad but uh i guess it was a good uh definitely a good um a good teaching it was a teachable moment i guess to say yes. you know this is what can happen and luckily it was only twenty thousand dollars and not 200 or, or right. uh, you know right. 500 right all right you're listening to mac around money uh we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back this is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. We are back. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed. I am joined this morning by business partner Justin McNamara. Justin, you still there? Still here. All right. Uh, we also have Steve and Sherry uh, in the in the booth uh, with us. Uh, good morning again. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So we've been uh, kind of catching up with uh, catching up with you about uh, where we are today yep. uh, and. <laughs> Going back through some history, which has been, uh, I think, pretty uh, interesting. Um, and Kirk, can I just talk a minute about you may. that? Um, you know, Actually, we, I, we were just, and then we're, we're going to let Sherry finish the show for like the last 20 minutes. Okay. Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about um, the stocks that I had purchased. Um, because at that point in time, like um, Justin said about, you know, 5%. So at that, that time, I think I had about $400,000 mm-hmm. um, in our portfolio in that $20,000 was about the 5%. And if you remember, um, you know, I was asking you, should I purchase much, much more? Because I kind of knew what things were going on with the company. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, even though you didn't have any control over that or was going to make any money on that or anything, you know, you still provided us um, with the great advice to, I think that's enough and you should stay away from that. <laughs> so um, I just I just appreciate that. Well, uh, well, yes. Well, yeah, you're, you're welcome and thank you. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it, it's such a tough thing when people ask about, um, when people ask about, you know, individual stocks like that. Yeah. Not, not only you know, employer stock, but just maybe something that they heard about or they read about. And sometimes they'll ask us to be like, hey, have you heard about this? You know, should I buy it? And, you know, our, our, our you know, we have a stock answer, which is no, we don't know about that stock. Yep. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily recommend you buy it. I mean, we don't want to be, we don't want, we don't want somebody to hate us forever because it, you know, they didn't buy it and it goes to the moon, right? Uh, but we also don't want them to, you know, lose all of their, you know, wealth on it. Yep. So, you know, we have to kind of toe that line and say, hey, if you want to, if you want to go after that, you know, opportunity, let's call it, um, you know, be our guest, but just be, be cautious about how much, you know, how much you put right, into it. Right. Um, and we were cautious. I mean, you know, yeah. I could barely buy scallops with what I got left. So, <laughs> I mean, not, yeah, not the big ones. You yeah. have to buy the small ones, whatever, right. whatever those are called. Yeah. Um, Justin, with, yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah. I, I said a question. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's an appropriate time to jump in. Just, just to Stephen Cherry, because we're looking at this at like, you know, kind of seven years apart, I know that you, um, you made some real estate changes, but did anything, I guess, did anything major change in between uh, when you made the original plan and and when you actually retired, right? I mean, one of the things that we deal, you know, I wouldn't, I don't deal with is not the right term, but, um, you know, people's lives are sort of always changing. And I feel like even, even seven years before retirement is, um, it's kind of a long time and, and it's, there's, there's plenty of time for things to change, right? I mean, you know, yep. is your idea of retirement right now the same as what it was back in 2015? You know, I know you made, maybe yep. you could talk a little bit more sure. about the real estate change. I know, I know we, we talked, yep. we touched on real estate, but was that in the original plan? And, you know, what about yep. spending? Why don't, I mean, let's just, I think just for everyone's uh, information, I mean, uh, we'd like to hear your experience on what it was like making those guesses, you know, five, seven years in advance and then how it actually played out. Sure. Um, so, um, you know, 
back then, like I said, the portfolio was about four hundred thousand um, yeah. dollars. Real estate really didn't come into play with it. Um, basically, what it was was just following the plan, the plan that Kirk gave us. You know, the plan was to in you know to increase our four hundred one four hundred one k contributions. Uh, try to try to get it to max. So that's you know we did that almost immediately. Like before, we'd like try to increase it one percent a year, but we made wholesale yeah. changes where we increased it. So um, we were maxing out every year. So that that was a big part of it. Another part was when you know we're not extravagant. So you know we we just tried to live within our means. Some of the other things Kirk had said was to you know reduce our credit card debt. So we reduced our credit card debt. Um, you know we you know increased our emergency uh, funds, you know, so all those, it was all those things uh, together. I wouldn't say it was just one thing, but it was all those things together that, you know, within the last seven years, you know, our portfolio went from 400,000 to the 1.2 million it is today. And I think it's um, just because we had a solid plan, we followed the plan and, you know, we stuck to it. Now, now, can you just tell me, did you plan on, um, did you downsize when you moved to the new home? Well, we yes, we did downsize. Um, we okay. re- we really didn't make a lot of money um, selling our house. I mean, it wasn't like we yeah. made you know two hundred thousand dollars. We didn't um, you know because we purchased uh, you know almost a brand new home. So which was you know we sold our house for four hundred fifteen thousand. We bought a house for four hundred thousand. So there, there that's, was okay. That's in. I think Justin could probably, yeah, Justin could <laughs> could uh, you know qualify me here, but that's that's pretty common. I mean, in our experience, you know, when people you know buy this you know quote unquote smaller house or whatever you know downsize is you know the term, uh, or our, you know Sharon would say right size, right? You're welcome, Sharon. Um, it people don't often take any money off the table. You know, they they buy a smaller, nicer house that you know, probably cost, you know, as much or, yeah, very similar to what they sold their other house for. Sometimes, sometimes people end up taking out a mortgage, uh, to buy their, their retirement home. And, and that's okay if you yeah. can afford it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, you know, I think a lot of people think, you know, when they're in their, you know, forties or fifties, they're like, okay, you know, when I, you know, once the kids are gone, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sell this house and buy something smaller and I'm going to, you know, have some cash to, you know, add to my retirement. And that's, that's, Yep. Not often the reality in, yeah. in my experience. Right. Um, so that's that's I I, th- I would say that's something you don't want to you don't want to count on that um, unless you know some people right. you know some people can do that. But and that and that yeah. really wasn't in the plan that we had devised. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, the plan that we had was um, you know more about controlling the things that we could control. And so um, you know we. I don't think we really planned as far as selling the house or things like that because we at seven years ago we didn't we weren't anticipating that we thought we were going to be in this house forever it was our family home our kids were raised there um, we loved it we loved our neighbors and then you know seven years later things change you don't like the neighbors anymore I think so I but I, yeah so I think like our default when we're you know working with somebody is you know let's 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 just assume that it's a wash you know when if you if you do downsize let's just assume you know there's no money in no money out and that's that's probably in the middle for most folks um unless unless they know they know something more concrete you know that's that's the way we would prefer to to run with that um because it's yeah it's just like it's like an inheritance or anything else you you just you can't count on it um so you don't you don't want to you don't want to bank on that um uh and cuz that can that can derail you uh so to speak um all right, so all right, so I was kind of looking over, you know. So we updated. You did. Uh, you provided me with some updated expenses. So one, you know, one of the things I just wanted to chat about for a minute or two was, you know, health insurance. Um, so that's that's obviously a biggie when people, tra- you know, transition to retirement. Um, so I think, and you guys can maybe you could talk about that as far as you know who was paying for the health insurance while you guys were both working, and and where does that you know, and what do you look like now? So um, we're all staring at Sherry. Okay. They're putting me on the spot. Yeah. So the health insurance was <laughs> through Sherry's employer. Um, okay. So she retired um, last month, sixty-two years old. Mm-hmm. So my health insurance, because I just turned sixty-five, so I can go, I went on a Medicare Advantage plan. Yeah. Um, but you know we still have to pay for Sherry's um, health insurance. Right. So, three years. For three years. <laughs> yep. yep. 
Because you're a youngin. Yeah. <laughs> so we took out an individual policy, um, which, if you remember right, we, you know, in our cash flow, mm-hmm. that we took that into account that the, for those three years we we're going to have to pay for Sherry's um, health insurance. Yes. Uh, and what what is the? Do you know the number? So is that the six hundred? Six hundred and seven dollars a month we so, pay for so, the health insurance. So six hundred dollars a month is yes. for is for just for Sherry. Just for yes. Sherry. Just for Sherry. Yes. Okay. And then you, and then you, Steve, are paying for Medicare. Right. Uh, out of, yeah. Uh, out, yeah. It's like $170, but that's why I went on a Medicare Advantage plan. Um, you know, I'm healthy and good health. It's like an HM, HMO type of thing where um, I really don't have to contribute it in anything more. Where if it was the Medicare gap, I'd have to pay more. So for now, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll look at this each year and see how it goes. But, um, you know, when we looked at our cash flow, we more than compensated for that. You know what? I was, so I was looking at the yes. numbers. I was looking at the numbers from a few years ago as far as what we were assuming for that. Yep. And, you know, we were actually using, so for basically for the years 2022 to 2024, so these three years that Sherry just mentioned, I actually had a number here of like $1,500 a month. Right, we did. Uh, yeah. For, for the yeah. two of you. Yeah. Uh, and basically you're doing about half of that. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think we were being perhaps ultra conservative um, uh, and, you know and or you know obviously you know I don't know what people are going to buy end up buying right. for their coverage right. and you know you know where, where and that was us shopping around making sure we made some you know good decisions there so we were actually uh, to come in under our projection there uh, which is which is great assuming yeah. you got assuming you got adequate adequate coverage yeah. um, did you guys, so did you guys do that through the, the health connector? So originally when we come up with that projection, I was looking at the health connector. So we were looking at COBRA plans, we were looking at the health connector, and that's where we um, come up with those figures. But um, once it got closer to retirement, you know, we worked with somebody and, you know, he was able to get us, a, you know, a solid plan for much less money. Okay. Yeah. I think um, that's a that's a great uh, note there that, uh, you know, if you try to do this on the health connector by yourself, it, it has everything that, you know, to its credit, it has yeah. everything there. It has all the information, but it's too much information. Yeah. Uh, it's very overwhelming and it's hard to, as an individual that is not, you know, did yeah. not work in HR, um, it's hard to kind of uh, filter through all that and figure out what it makes sense for you. Right. Um, so there are folks out there that can help you do that. They're, t- uh, they're diff- difficult to find though for yep. an individual plan. For someone that does an individual um, medical plan, it, it's not as easy as to find as you think. So yeah. I, I've been—it's been, a, it's a small market, yeah. Yeah, it it is, and there are you know I've been you know for the 15 years I've been working here, I've been searching, trying to find somebody that fills that gap. Uh, we I found somebody just within the last six months. Uh, we had him on the show. Uh, and so I hope that he works for as long as I work uh, so that I have somebody to, uh, to send <laughs> folks to uh, that, that need this kind of help uh, because it's, it's, yeah, it's good. Um, and um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, Justin, I don't know yeah, if you've ever found somebody like that or uh, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I guess, again, just, I mean, if you think of the average person, almost everyone has their, you know, it's either, it's, I mean, it's pretty much Medicare or employer plans, or at least that's the vast majority of the folks that we work with. Right. Uh, and so, no, I don't think there are a lot of them out there who are working. I mean, just to think about it, it's a it's a volume business. If you were in that business, you'd probably want to walk into an employer and and you know and insure you know a hundred people or a thousand as opposed to just doing one by one. So it's mm-hmm. just I think it's just a reality. It's kind of just the economics of that marketplace. Uh, it's probably not going to be a time, you know, there's not going to be one on every street corner uh, anytime soon, I don't think. Yeah, it's... um but you helped us with that, Kirk, as well. I mean, and you know, when you talked earlier about, um, you know, how you get paid and um, things like that, I mean, when, when we look at this whole financial plan, you know, one of the things you taught us was, you know, to get a new will, mm-hmm. you know, to get a power of attorney, uh, maybe a trust, things like that. So, um, you know, I think a good financial plan is all-encompassing with all those things. And that's what I liked about working with you is throughout the years, you've looked at all those different things and you've been able to provide us guidance with all those different things, which really helped us to where we are today. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's not it's not just about the money. Right. Um, yeah, it's that, that personal relationship that we have where it's just, um, you know, and that's why we're so comfortable doing this radio show. Um, it just to, to share our story so other regular working class people like ourselves can, you know, hear what can happen. 
<laughs> yeah, I pre- and yeah. I know compliance. I'm this probably not like, supposed. This sounds like a paid. Advertisement. I, I know. I'm probably uh, not supposed sure? to say this, right? I know. But I did hand you a check earlier today. No, so. no, no, no check. Nothing. <laughs> no, he handed me a check. I didn't. Yeah, do no, that. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it, you know, and Steve had mentioned, you know, Steve and I had talked about, we were talking about the radio show, you know, a, couple, a week or two ago yeah. about what we might talk about and things like that. And one of the things that he mentioned that I thought was so interesting and I thought worth repeating was when, you know, when they, you know, kind of came on board with us, you know, a few years ago, he was like, he's like, I don't know. I don't know who you work with. He's like, I don't know. He's like, do we have enough money to like work with you? And like, you know, I mean, so like, I just want to say like, you know, like you are exactly who we work with. Um, okay. You know, we work with, you know, a broad mix of people and, you know, it's, yeah, I just, I just, I appreciated that comment that, um, you know, yeah, we are. We felt it was yeah. like kind of like mom and pa kettle coming in here with a <laughs> little change fund here. And what do we do? Yeah, it, no, it's, um, you know, yeah. And whenever we talk to somebody, it's kind of like. Again, it doesn't matter how much you have. What you have is what you have, right? And it's you know that's you know it's your money, and, it, and we know that it's important to you, and and it kind of is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, on the other hand, if somebody says you know if somebody comes best and says they have you know ten dollars they want to invest, unfortunately, we couldn't really do much with that. Uh, but um, but yeah, we're, we yeah we certainly work with um, a lot of a lot of normal people right right <laughs> you know uh, normal everyday people that's what we work with um, and one of the things too is when we first come up with our uh, plan is we didn't want to um, we didn't want to reduce our income or whatever we didn't want to retire and have less money mm-hmm. because that was one of the things we wanted to be able to have the same income that we had once we retired and stopped working and you were able to do that so yeah yeah right that so, was important so right it's what you know what are your goals right. and and sometimes you have to prioritize them right. you know hopefully we can hit them all but right. um, but if that's number one then, then that's what we're going to focus right. on and mm-hmm. and if that means putting more in the 401k uh, yep. which you did then then that's what you do right because um, when we first went through that planning questionnaire you know like people think about traveling doing this doing that but the thing is we wanted to maintain the same level of income because it was working for us we had a very comfortable life and we wanted to continue that in retirement so to be able to do that is um i think our biggest caveat that's 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 what made us happy i and i think yeah i think that that's it it's and i think that's I think that's pretty common for most folks. You know, they want to, they don't want, they don't want to take a step backward, right? Right. Uh, in retirement, they want to, they want to keep things going. Uh, maybe some people want to, you know, spend a little bit more, even in, you know, maybe they want to travel more, uh, which means, you know, more expense, and that's that's okay. But as long as you're thinking about that and planning mm-hmm. for that in advance, then you can make that happen too. Um, but it's all about, you know, what your goals are and what you're trying to to achieve. Um, all right. So what I was trying to do, so. You know, Justin had mentioned the the Monte Carlo yep. earlier. Um, so this uh, the Monte Carlo is basically a way to boil. Wait, Kirk, before oh. before you get there, can we yep. can, do we can we talk about Social Security? I want to. Sure. I'm, I'm just curious as to what they made as far as a Social Security dis, uh, decision um, when they're going to take it. Yep. They, is that I assume that's been decided. Yep, that was decided, and that was uh, in in the original plan. Um, I started taking Social Security at 65, and Sherry started at 62. We felt that we, um, you know, I know everybody says, oh, try to go to 70, and, you know, you get the 8% a year and all that, but we felt that with our plan, we were comfortable enough, and we could make it work with with, um, those figures, so that's what we did. Yeah, and, you know, just just to, you know, comment on that, I mean, if somebody came to us off the street, and said, when do we start collecting Social Security? And like, if we didn't, you know, we knew nothing about them, you know, my generic advice is, well, you should probably try to wait until like full retirement age. Yep. Just, that's just a generic answer. Um, and for most people that are retiring these days, that's probably like 66, you know, mm-hmm. pl- you know plus or minus. Um, but that doesn't have to be, you know, your scenario. Um, you know, so, so, when, so when we do actually work with somebody, we can plug in, you know, different start dates, uh, and and in conjunction with the rest of their financial, um, you know, plan, and see see if it works. Right. And if it works, and if that's what you are want to do and are comfortable doing, then then okay. Um, Steve, what, what, so it sounds like this was a preference on like so you ran multiple versions of the plan, and both worked, and then we went with the we went with Stephen Cherry's preference. Is that accurate? Yes. 
Okay. Yep. Just, Steve, just br- briefly, what was your what was your preference based on? Just out of curiosity. It, it, well, it was based on that um, I put in that money and I just wanted it. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> no, it's it, it, not it, the first time we've heard that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, it, it it really it was just um, based on um, you know I look at a monthly figure. You know, I look at how much income I'm going to need per month. And, you know, based on um, starting our Social Security at that point with the money we're taking from the portfolio, that um, I was at that figure. So I was com- I was very comfortable with it. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm sorry, I cut you off there, Kirk, but I, I didn't want to leave. So it's, it's a big decision for a lot of folks, and I didn't want to uh, leave it out of this show because we're, uh, we're running short on time here. Sure. No, no, that's fine. I know there are so many good things that we could talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, all right, so, yeah, it's, yeah, so, okay, so we're trying, you know, we are getting close to the end here, and the way that we sort of, you know, boil down somebody's financial plan is what we call this, this Monte Carlo analysis. And, and so, before I had to tell you what it, what it is, I want to, you know, step back and, you know, we talked about those rates of return earlier that we were sort of assuming, and why are you laughing? <laughs> Are you laughing about the name, the Monte Carlo? Yeah. Yes, okay, yeah. I just don't want you to ask me any questions about it. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, so, you know, Monte Carlo, you know, the way that it was, you know, my understanding, yeah, because it is based on, you know, probability and chance, you know, just like you might think about, you know, going to the casino and gambling, right? There's, there's, you know, there's variation and there's, and there's a probability analysis you could do. Um, If we just said, okay, you're going to make 5% every single year, no, no more than that, no less than that. That's, you know, that's one way to do it, but that's probably not realistic. Um, and so, you know, our software has this, this, this capability of varying returns so that, you know, some years you, have a, you get a 10% return. Some years you get a minus 10% return uh, and, and, you know, and, and everything in between. Um, so there's a, you know, there's a historical sort of variance uh, or, or standard deviation that we can look at on, on a balanced portfolio. You know, so if, the, you know, if you have a 60% stock, 40% bond allocation, you know, there's a historical average return. There's also a historical range of returns that you that you could experience, and so the Monte Carlo is going to look at that, and so it's going to vary. You know what it's going to do? We're going to ask it to run a thousand projections or a thousand scenarios, and in each scenario, your returns are going to come to you in a different sequence. So in one scenario, you might get a bunch of good returns at the beginning of retirement, and maybe a bunch of bad ones at the end. Another scenario, you might get a bunch of bad ones at the beginning, which is which is worst case scenario, right? Worst case scenario is if you've got a bunch of negatives in your first couple of years of retirement, that's that's going to really hurt because now you're you're drawing money out at the beginning when and you're selling more more shares to get to get what you need, and now there's less less in the in the pot to, to grow for you know for the rest of your life. Okay. So it's gonna you know that's gonna be one scenario. It's gonna be like worst case, and then like I said, everything in between. So it's gonna run a thousand scenarios and give us a probability of success. And that's basically defined by, you know, you living to your life expectancy and not running out of money. Okay. Right? That's I mean that's that's our goal, right? Is to, mm-hmm. you know, we want you to live to a certain age and 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 have the money to to make that happen. Um and oh, so yeah. I'm sorry. I we I I didn't mean to I'm going to just jump in before you finish here. Um Stephen Cherry, was there a? I don't know if you, I don't know how familiar you, you were with this, or when you when you originally ran this with Kirk, and maybe the last time you ran it, was there a probability that you were comfortable with? Were you were you saying, hey, this needs to be a hundred percent, or we're not going to retire, or were you or were you saying, hey, well, you know, if it's a if it's eighty five percent chance, that's that's not too bad, right? Is there did, did you have a comfort level with uh, with any particular number, or were you were you more looking to Kirk for, uh, to interpret the results? We were looking for Kirk to uh, interpret the results, but the first time we did it, um, I was thinking about retiring at an earlier age, and you know when we looked at the Monte Carlo, it just wasn't going to work. So it wasn't until um, a meeting a year ago where you know the when he did the Monte Carlo, the success rate was much higher, and I think it brought us like closer to the 90 yeah 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 and and so and and you know and unfortunately on that we could meet you know three years from now and it might it might not look as good right right depending on what the returns are right. between now and then and so that's why that's why it is a work in progress right um and there you know that's you know returns 
the, the, the return that you receive is not something that we can fully control. Right. Right. You know, we can, we can try to manage that based on the amount of risk, you know, that we, that we choose to, you know, invest you in. Yeah. But even so, we, you know, we don't have full control over, you know, the actual returns. And that's why we have to, you know, continually adjust and modify this. And right. if, you know, if we have a bad year and, you know, if we told you, well, if you want to keep things on track, that right. means you have to spend less this year. Right. And and you can either choose to yeah. <laughs> accept that or, or reject it. And that's up to you. But at yeah. least we can show you that. Right. That based on what happened last year. Right. If you want to, you know, you, you can do this or not. Right. Um, so, Justin, to help answer your question, yes, we were looking at, you know, Cherry work until 65 and maybe myself yeah. work until 70 or like to get beyond the 66 and a half. But when we seen that Monte Carlo and seen where we were, it, defi- yeah. it definitely, we said, you know what, we feel that we can do this now. Yeah. I, say, yeah, I think everyone in Kirk, I, hopefully you already pressed that button because if you, I did. if you didn't, we're, you know, we were all right. I did. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone interprets those results differently, right? So, I mean, you have, you know, I have some clients that will, you know, they're only okay with 100% and, and um, you know, not, that's not necessarily the, the scenario for everybody. I mean, some people say, well, hey, you know, 90% is okay and I'll, I'll maintain some flexibility. Um, so, it, just everyone looks sort of at that differently and I just was trying to get some more info on it. But, yeah, why don't we... What, you want to end the suspense, Kirk, and give us the number? Sure, and it's pretty good timing too. I think we got about <laughs> two or three minutes left. So yeah, so, yeah. I, so I ran, so I ran the Monte Carlo, you know, with with the updated figures and stuff, and so that this does take into account, you know, the fact that you're down, you know, three percent, you know, in yep. in 2022, and so the Monte Carlo analysis says that your chance of success is 83 percent. Okay, all right. Um, so no, it's not 100 percent, but but eighty three percent, in my opinion, is is a good number. Um, and again, it's like it, like Justin just said, it's up to you whether or not sure. you think it's a good number. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I would tell you, I you know, if it was if it was me, I'd feel pretty good about that. We feel good. Yeah, feel I feel good. good. I feel good. Okay. Uh, we got about two minutes, Justin. Um, okay. So so yeah. So then, you know, if you know, if we wanted to, we, you know, we don't have time right now. But if we wanted to, we could say, well, how how do we get it to one hundred percent? Well, you know, you can basically, you can, you can spend less. Yeah. You can not live as long, <laughs> which is, nobody likes that one. No. Yep. Nobody likes either of those. Nobody likes spending less or, or not living as long. Um, or the other one is, well, you could try to earn more on your money, right? But that's, you know, re, re, the, which one of those can you control? Spend less. Spending less, mm-hmm. right? That's the only one that, that, yep. that anybody has any con- real, real control over. Um, and, you know, so then, like I said, it's up to you whether or not you want to say, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Or let's, you know, we're happy with 83% and we'll just kind of, we'll go, we'll go with the way things are. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that is. Oh, we're getting played off. They were getting played off. I know. Here comes the hook. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that was wonderful. Uh, Steve and Sherry, thank you so much for being here. I thought that was great. I know. We, Thanks you know, for having I'm us. I'm sure we were rushed here and there. We couldn't quite do everything, but I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. And we got to the final conclusion there. Justin, thanks for, thanks for being here as well. My um, pleasure. Nice to meet you, Stephen Sherry. Thanks, too, Justin. Justin. Right. Thank you. This has been Kirk Reed from McNamara Financial, uh, joined by Justin McNamara, uh, Stephen Sherry. Uh, we are signing off. Uh, hope everyone has a wonderful weekend.